1: Welcome back, everybody. Last week, um, we decided that we'd have a go at fixing cricket. Um, All the fixtures came out, didn't they? And everybody was kind of saying, oh, there's too much. And then two weeks after England had been dumped out of the World Cup, they're in the West Indies, losing to the West Indies, a team that couldn't even qualify for the World Cup. They weren't good enough to make it for the World Cup. And and England have lost that ODI in Antigua. Um, So, yeah, we thought we'd have a chat and we thought we'd try and figure out how to how to fix it, but first of all, Joe, how are you? You've rushed back straight from training. How's what? What? What have you done today? What's been on the an agenda, a schedule, a training plan? Like what? 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 What's happened?
0: It was quite nice today, actually. There was only five of us in, so there's almost more coaches than players, which was great. Great for the. Where's contact everybody else? Time. Well, a few people were having one-to-ones at Felstead. A few people weren't in because they were doing like personal development stuff and then like everyone's schedules slightly different now because there's like extra sessions that we have at different places so it was actually quite nice um we did did some like drill batting stuff so i was practicing my reverse sweep for a good 50 minutes um got a bit of a bruise on my finger because i uh punched
1: one we which could have done good. that in the in the North Ants Cricket Barn, Joe, the other day, just to, just to try and rank up that score a little bit more as well.
0: I know, I should have got it out, shouldn't I? Otherwise, <laughs> we, would have, we probably would have scored a few more. Um, so, yeah, that was good. And then, we, then I bowled a bit and then we had a bit of lunch and did like this gapping challenge in the afternoon, which was tricky, but not as tricky as like the challenge we did last week. So, Monday's like our challenge day in the afternoon. So, that was okay. quite good. And then had a little gym session, and then actually, do you know what? The traffic wasn't too bad. The M1 was kind yeah. to me, which is always a win. As you, how well far know. do you
1: have to? Like, how far is it from like Northants down to down to where you've been training?
0: It's about sixty miles.
1: As well, a round trip, or or one hundred and twenty is a round trip. One
0: hundred and twenty is a round trip.
1: Wow! And how many times do you do that a week?
0: It can be four. This week I've got that one three times, and then I've got Felstead, which is closer to 200 mile round trip.
1: Oh my word.
0: So my poor car it clocks them up every week. I reckon I'm filling up like once every five days at the moment, but yeah. that's okay. Um, just got to make sure we recover well. And I'm sure we're going we're gonna to talk about that later in the podcast when it comes to discussing the schedule, as we mentioned last week. But yeah. It's all good fun this time of year, doing a lot of technical stuff. How's your week been?
1: Uh, yeah, it's been okay. Last week, it's been all right. Yeah, well, I don't. I honestly, I'm really struggling to to know what day of the week it is. It's Monday today. I sound a bit hoarse because I went to a gig last night, Joe. And you had a little bit. You know, you you have to have a little bit of a sing along, don't you? It's quite good fun. Had a, had a couple of beers, but thing is like the O2 do a really good job at making sure that you don't get too pissed by charging them about nine pound a pint. It was like 17 pound 80, I think for two, for two beers in a, in a paper cup. So um, it's either fantastic marketing because they're going to make an absolute killing, or it really is a way of making sure that kind of people behave themselves and they just don't drink as much as what maybe they would do otherwise. But yeah, it was good fun. It was good fun. And then was it, was it Thursday? I came to Northampton.
0: Thursday, was, yeah. We it? recorded, yeah.
1: Yeah. So we filmed a couple of videos on Thursday, which I've I've gone through and sorted the clips out today and put them in their folders. So they're they're now on my on my list of things that I need to get through and edit. Um, the Sri Lanka video is out now, which is which is nice. It's um, I think it's gone okay, but yeah, would always like a little bit a few more views on there. But hey, hopefully it comes back. I think it came together really well and. Hopefully it like highlighted just how cool of a trip and cool of an opportunity it actually was um, rather than just like, oh, Dan's got it in the thigh pad and been given. What's your thoughts? Do you think it was out or not? Now, now that you've had the benefit of seeing it, I know it wasn't exactly the best camera angle in the world, but. You gave
0: a great description last week. I think in my head I was expecting it to hit you a little bit higher up on the thigh pad, but I still stick by what I said. I don't think it was out. And obviously I hadn't seen the clip at that point. But yeah, I was watching the video last night, very well put together. Got the whole experience in there. And yeah, I
1: mean, I don't don't think it was out. Do you know what? Like when I so when I watched it back and when I saw the photo that had been taken by the guy that was out there doing the photography, when I saw it, I was kind of like, maybe it's a little bit closer than what I thought it was like i think ultimately like i've just tried to nudge it into the leg side and it probably strangely it didn't bounce quite as much as what i thought it would do um hence why i've just played like way over the top of it and ideally what i should have done is should played straight and i probably would have been okay
0: play straight be great come on exactly
1: um but like to be to be on kind of semi kind of tiptoes and then to be hit like a like above the, it doesn't even. To be honest with you, like anywhere above the actual kind of, what's the technical term for it? Leg pad, batting pad. I don't really know what you what you call. No, them, I, was, but I was
0: gonna. I was gonna call it what I've heard it be called before, but I'm just not sure that it's PC enough to use. No, sure. So I'm not gonna use the word. Are
1: you sure? You sure you don't want to?
0: Uh, well, no. People call it a flap, don't they? Like
1: yes, they the do. Knee to be flap. Fair. Yeah. No, and it did hit me above the flap. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, straight in the thigh just pads. shouldn't be out. Well, that's kind of what I was, That that's my whole thought process behind it. So I think the guy saw the, the GoPro on my head. He realized that I wasn't Billy Root and he wanted a little kind of moment in the sunshine. And he was like, he was like Kumar Dharmasena, like Lord Saviour Kumar Dharmasena is going to be watching this video at some point. And he's going to need to know that us young Sri Lankan umpires are capable of giving a honking LBW decision. And I think that's kind of what happened. And fair play, he took his opportunity and he did it well. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think the video went well.
0: Yeah, you've got some got some good airtime on the uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. on the cricket channel.
1: Good for him. <laughs> oh, what a, what a day! Before we actually go on talking about, because you've got a little blind ranking thing to to go through, and then we're going to talk about your proposal for the T Twenty Blast, which. I mean, is a pig of a competition to try and kind of organize. And then I've got a bit of a proposal for the ICC to kind of sort their act out with regards to their world tournaments that happen every five minutes. And then we'll kind of call it a day. But there was a question that came through from Jono in the Patreon. And um, it was something that I'd kind of spoken a little bit about before and mentioned it in the past as well. And it was along, obviously players talk about burnout. And I think I mentioned this maybe last week or the week before. I can't exactly remember which, but... um, and his kind of point is, and if you'd want to join the Patreon, you can do. There's a link in the description. It's good. Um, and you get to talk about things like this. It was kind of, kind of, do fans get burnout from from cricket? And I think we kind of had a little bit of a, a conversation about it. And I think we both probably kind of agreed that we that we did think that fans get a little bit of burnout from it. And I put a poll out for it. And it, like 58% of people came back and went, yes, they they do think that. Whereas 42% came back and said they didn't. And But some of the comments kind of were slightly contradictory like tom came back and went no largely i can just take or leave franchise leagues i'll just watch internationals and county cricket but i think like i think that comes from and not today, there's anything wrong with it but you have a bit of a casual cricket fan there that that kind of doesn't spend time looking on Crick info that doesn't spend time looking on bbc sport and like seeing the headlines um Steve, yes, last year or two have been the first time I've not been R slash followed all the England games. It's just relentless, and there are some really random white ball series thrown in there. It feels so disjointed, and that's even before we get into the franchise stuff. And I do, like, <laughs> I understand there's a lot of money to be made from, like, broadcast rights and sponsorships and all of this other stuff, but surely, like, the powers of B, they've got to be pretty careful, haven't they, to... To not just like completely disengage a a fan base, which they could potentially run the risk of doing.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's like a it feels like they're treading a very fine line, and it's only kind of that line's got feels like it's got a lot thinner over the past kind of probably five years or so, I'd say. With you're absolutely right. Obviously, how much money is to be made with the rights deals, which then goes back into the kind of funding cycle which is why people then get paid more and more jobs and all things like that but yeah like obviously this series that we've got in the west indies at the minute like i didn't watch a single ball of it and i was just flicking over the highlights just before we started recording today i forgot they were playing to be perfectly honest with you (laughs) yeah um but yeah there is just so much cricket going on. And like you say, you've got, I know there's T10 competitions going on at the moment in, I think, Abu Dhabi. I saw that was on the TV yeah. as well yeah. on, on a channel. I don't know if that's ever been broadcast on TV uh, before. Might like, it, it might have maybe. been on
1: Sky at some point, yeah.
0: Yeah, and obviously there's, there's just so much. It's so mm. saturated. There's international, like I think we said, Bangladesh and New Zealand are playing a test series, aren't they? Even in the women's game yeah. now, we're seeing way more kind of fixtures.
1: What? how many wbbl games were there this year a lot 80
0: yeah i feel like yeah maybe 7 yeah 70 or 80 definitely yeah. i'm not sure, i'm not i wouldn't know without looking how many like home and away fixtures they play in that but i'm pretty sure like i know when i went over there last year some of the locals were saying like both the big bash and the wbbl mm. like Just too long, like you just get bored of it,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Like it's on every single night in households, sometimes multiple games in an evening. It could be one in Perth and then one in Sydney, for instance. And people just get bored of it. Like, I know the players, I think they can be quite quick to criticize some of these competitions because ultimately they don't want to be away for six weeks to play in franchise competitions which is what i'm sure we've mentioned it before on the podcast especially the internationals because in a six-week window it's very rare for them to be available that entire time without having to go off on international duty which then almost reduces the point of them going over there to play in the franchise competitions and then it's just a it's just a big kind of i don't know amalgamation of different things that can put people off the scent Mm. and attracting the best overseas, which is what these competitions are made for essentially.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're a big Liverpool fan. Uh, And when you look at football as a, as a kind of a, um, a blueprint, I suppose, I mean, that's, that's got to be the goal, I think for any sport to try and follow with the amount of money that that turns over and there's a lot of football that gets played. There is obviously a really defined kind of summer holiday, isn't there, that they, that they don't play or, or if there is the Euros or a, or a World Cup potentially kind of fits in the middle there. But you get a really defined kind of idea as to what happens. You know that you're going to play on a Saturday or, or a Sunday. You know that you're going to play a midweek game at some point. And that's kind of that, that works. But I guess that the player pool is so big that not only, not only do you get a bit of burnout watching the the games because they go on for so long, you get burnout from watching, say, 80 WBBL games, for example. Then you come around to the WPL uh, that's, I think they just, or having an auction at the moment, or and you end up seeing another 80 games of essentially the same players. And then you come around to the hundreds, and you see another 40 games of essentially the same players. And then there's internationals in the mix of there, where you've got the same players playing the same players, and then you got the CPL comes around or the WCPL, which will will grow and we'll essentially then just seeing the same players play for another kind of 60 games. And like for those same players, don't get me wrong, like they're gonna be they're gonna be laughing. They're gonna be running around in like Lamborghinis and private jets thinking this is the absolute life. But like there's no variety, is there? Like, you know, you know, as like a, a Liverpool fan, you're going to end up playing like, well, not the the big leagues in the weeks this week, but you're going to play like an AEK Athens or something in the middle of the week. And you're going to see like 22 different blokes that you won't see again for the rest of the year, or maybe even three years after that. And then you might play Brighton at the weekend. And you'll see another kind of 20 different blokes. And then you then you might have an FA Cup game against West Brom, and you'll see another kind of 20 different blokes. And that, I think, that's a frustration for me. There, there isn't... There isn't enough cricketers to go around to fill these competitions up, to actually kind of make them make them unique and make them stand out.
0: Yeah, it's quite funny, actually, because I was I ended up watching a bit. It was like the FA Cup second round this weekend. And you, you see, like, with that competition, cause there's so many teams in the country. In those rounds, you've got lower league teams where some of them are still semi-pro. So mm. they're fitting carpets and changing toilets or whatever in the week and then they're playing football at the weekend and then if they're lucky enough they get drawn against one of the big teams and they're on free to air tv getting their little moment to shine people tune into that because it's something different it's the game that they love but it's something different and people that they don't see every week in week out if they're a premier league fan for example but You're absolutely right. Like all the broadcast, all the big broadcast deals are for the big competitions that are essentially utilising and it feels like rinse and repeating a pool of the same players. Mm. Obviously, there are high quality competitions that exist that don't necessarily have the following and the revenue to match. So they're not broadcast where the rest of the cricket talent pool lies, I guess. Yeah. Until people break through onto the big stage and then they're there for, well, the best part, 10 to 15 years if they're a gun player and their pockets are very deep.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you see the same bloke whacking the same the same bloke out of the park in just some different continents and you kind of hope for the best but yeah anyway let's stop let's stop moaning about that because I think there will be no 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 it's not moaning at all it's it's constructive I think and I think we'll go on to the the proposals and they'll be considered constructive as well but what's this um what's this blind ranking that you've got you've got up your sleeve
0: yeah so I thought we haven't really done much on like obviously our little trivia and quizzes're all very player based aren't they and I thought, yeah. I'm going to go slightly left field, and I'm going to throw a little blind ranking of five of five cricket stadiums. Essentially, I was thinking that I could use like, yeah, a rogue one, but I've gone for well-known grounds um, okay. in different countries. I guess there'll be a bit of country bias that you'll probably use for the ones that you choose near the top, but they're iconic mm. cricket stadiums, shall we say? Okay. For the first one I'll give you.
1: What, 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 sorry, what am I Um. What am I just, ranking them based on?
0: You're just ranking them on your preference to like them. Like, okay. Not, not their capacity, just your preference. Okay, amazing. Is what I'm going to say. Love
1: it. Okay, I can do that.
0: Nice and open. No, yeah. yeah.
1: Definitely stitching me up with an absolute worldie at number five, so I'm going to keep that in mind, but carry on.
0: <laughs> Actually, no stitch ups. I felt like i had been a bit too harsh, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who's this is the biggest six in the preference. 2023 cricket world cup
0: <laughs> the first one i'll give you the mcg
1: do you know what i think that's that that's incredibly iconic i think i don't think it's particularly pretty um but i think it's fuller character mostly australian characters that absolutely hosed on boxing day once every four years so uh because of but at the same time, it also they also play like that funny little kickball game where they stick it between they kick it between yeah, sticks NFL. and stuff, don't they? So maybe I need to rank it down for that. I'm gonna put that at three. I'm gonna stick it in the middle because I feel like it has one big game every four years. Um to, to be fair, like some of the World Cup finals have been pretty decent there as well. But like it's mostly known for the for the Boxing Day Ashes test, isn't it? So we'll stick it at three because I mean it is ultimately just a great big cake tin. imagine the size of the Vicky sponge that you'd make if you had that in your oh. kitchen.
0: Massive. Yeah, to be fair, I've been there a couple of times, and the stadium that it reminds me of the most in this country would be Twickenham because it is so okay. dull on the outside, <laughs> but the atmosphere that's on the inside, yeah. people want it. You want to pay your pay your money to get in.
1: Yeah, okay, I'd love to go. Three's fair. Yeah, I've not been yet, but I'd love to go.
0: Oh, you have to, Dan. Bucket list, tick that off. Newlands in Cape Town with the epic Ooh. backdrop of Table Mountain.
1: Yeah, that's like. That's like close to being one of my favourites. There's one of two favourites and that that's definitely one of them. But but again, what am, am I if I was ranking? Is your other
0: favourite gonna be in here?
1: Well, this this is the thing. This is the thing. It's a really good question. Um I'm gonna put it at two. I'm gonna put it at two because I feel like there's there's scope for some more worldies, but in terms of kind of where would I love to sit and have a couple of beers in the sunshine and watch watch England play a test match? I think that that's got to be that's got to be right, right up there towards the top, which is ironic, really, considering I've ranked it above the MCG. But I kind of feel like it's just a nicer place to sit for the day. Grass Bank, couple of castles and just, yeah, just chill out for a day. Number two.
0: You're also probably more guaranteed to get a sunny day of cricket in South Africa. Melbourne's a bit dodgy with its weather, you know, sometimes.
1: Fair. fair. Pack the sun cream.
0: Absolutely. Moving on. I couldn't
1: leave out lords yeah i mean what what more can you say about that place really what more can you say about it you know what though two things to be well one thing to be critical about i don't know why anybody decides to play white ball finals at lords because it's a terrible ground for it like it's awful like the hundred final why the hell is it there what's the point it's like on a slope. No one can hit the ball off the square because it's nibbling about all over the place. Um, it's, it's full of a bunch of posh blokes wearing like uh, rhubarb and custard ties that like tripping up Australians after they've like run somebody out at the other end. But it is iconic. It has all the history, doesn't it? But I have been there before. And there's a great chance that if I went there again to watch England play a test match, it'd probably just piss it down all day and I wouldn't see any cricket anyway. So I'm going to put it at four. I'm gonna put it at four because because I think when you've been there a couple of times, and I've never played there, and I'm sure it'd give you the absolute fizz if you got the opportunity to play there, but like having just been there to watch a couple of games of cricket, it's it's not actually my favourite place to watch cricket, you know? So four.
0: Solid. Next we move to Eden Gardens in Kolkata, which I believe is the oldest cricket stadium in
1: india yeah i mean do you know what i think because you've gone eden gardens i don't think you've got dharmashala in there as your number five stadium i don't feel like i don't think i don't feel like you're the type of character to go india india four and five but it does look insane like going to going to an ipl game with a full house With, I mean, arguably, like if you're going to go to a game, you've got to go and watch like a Virat versus MS Dhoni, haven't you? And you've got to get that kind of ridiculous fan engagement when Kohli walks down the steps or or when MS takes a catch or something. But what else could you have? Where else are we thinking about here? Like we've got the Caribbean left. We've got New Zealand left, which I mean, would be pretty stunning, but. Do you know what? I, for the whole kind of culture, the whole kind of vibe, the whole experience, I'm going to put Eden Gardens at number one.
0: Yeah, nice. Nice. You've ticked off the Sri Lankan experience. So it's only right that you yeah, move like, I don't know, west, east, north. Yeah. I'm not sure where Sri Lanka is in relation to up India. Up and but... left a bit,
1: maybe. Maybe up and right. I don't know. It's up somewhere.
0: Nice. Yeah, you were right. We've moved to the Caribbean now.
1: Oh, okay. Kensington
0: Oval, Barbados. Ooh. sitting in one of those jacuzzi tubs that they have <laughs> with a rum punch in your hand
1: do you know what i have been lucky enough to be i've been there a few times i've been there a few times and it is amazing
0: does I it match honestly,
1: expectations it genuinely does i i don't think i was meant to but i ended up like walking across the outfield when england were doing like a training day to go and pick up a media pass but it's like it's one of those countries that kind of it's all fairly laps isn't it with regards to kind of security and stuff and it's like oh can we go through there and it's like yeah fine don't worry about it so I kind of wandered across the outfield and, and you kind of see these lads doing their warm-ups and stuff which wasn't the most exciting thing in the world but when you look around and you see the names on the different stands and stadiums and stuff and you've got the malcolm marshall end and uh, the Cigarfield sobers and um and those kind of names just kicking about you're like wow this is this this is pretty special um but ultimately i have put it at five because um yeah that that's the only place left Anyway, what's your proposal for the blast, Joe?
0: My proposal for the blast, this yeah. I was thinking about it. Absolute
1: monstrosity of a tournament.
0: So obviously, at the moment, there's two groups of nine, and they play each other. They don't even play each other twice. It's just so random. They play fourteen yeah, they cl- games, don't they?
1: Yeah. And they play some teams once, and other teams other times. And but anyway, sorry, yeah, yeah carry on.
0: It's. It, I just felt like it's a bit random, and obviously they have changed it so that the majority of games this year on. Thursday, Friday and weekends, which is obviously yes. great for the fans. Um, hoping to obviously increase the amount of people that can attend and enjoy Blast Nights because generally they are very well received on those kinds of evenings and weekends. However, my proposal would be to have three groups of six, which is what I think they had during COVID and the early days of the Blast. They were hmm. like regionalized groups to try and minimise the impact of like travelling, right? Yeah. So they play. They can play three groups of six, regionalized around the country.
1: So I can continue- I can confirm. I'm just having a look on on Wikipedia at the moment, and like 2007 they had three groups of six: uh, mid Midlands, Wales, and West, North, and South.
0: Yeah. So like it's not revolutionary, but it's obviously something that's. Happened before, like, it would have scope. I'm sure if you presented it to the players, like, I don't know, would see what they say now with how yeah. dense the schedule's packed. But they can play each other home and away. So they have 10 games in the group stage, so four less than what they have at the moment. That takes a few evenings out and travel and whatever. Obviously, travel won't be as much because it's regionalised. But then overall, all 18 teams will be in, like, a massive table bit like the nfl okay yeah and then you have the top two in each group that qualify yeah and then the best two third place finishes in each group okay so you have eight teams that qualify right yep looking at the big table of the eighteen teams of the eight that qualify. I guess they oh, they could be, yeah. The, so there should be the top eight in the country. Looking at it like that, eight out of the eight. Yeah. yeah, If they play, just,
1: if they play, what are they going to play? Ten play games in the Ten green, games, yeah. Yeah, then then they'll figure themselves out, won't they? To be the yeah. best of those those six.
0: So then the top eight will qualify, and then you just yeah. do first v eighth, second v seventh third v sixth blah 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 and then they have the quarterfinals and then the finals day can just be the same top yeah. four have the home quarterfinal finals day the same you'd like to think that taking however many extra fixtures out of the schedule would reduce it by I don't know a week or two maybe um less impact on the players still a good product yeah. played predominantly on those Thursday Fridays weekends um yeah, that's my proposal. I think that's I like
1: viable. It. I like it. I like the fact that you've looked at other sports and you've you've kind of gone, you know what, that works really well for that and could we use that in another in another way. Um, and I like that. I like the I like the hype about kind of a playoffs type type situation like a knockout game. Like there's something there's something really quite good about that, isn't there? Um, like a winner takes all. You, you could have an upset. Eighth could beat first place, and you suddenly go like, "Wow, we've got something to talk about here." Um, and I, but I do think reducing those group, day, group games down, I think, is going to be going to be really important. I think I saw. I think it was Will McPherson talking on the Wisdom podcast and saying about the fact that like, I think there's two. I think he said Sussex and then Surrey. I think they play they play a game on a Friday night, and then they have to travel. To another ground for like a two thirty start on like the Saturday afternoon or something. Um, which again, like a lot of people listening to it, you could go, Oh, poor those guys. Like they get paid a bucket load of money to to go off and do this much. But I don't necessarily think I don't necessarily think it's particularly well documented, the 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 salaries and the just money in cricket generally. I think cricket's cricket feels to me it's a little bit of obsessed with like running around and telling people that it hasn't got any money. Um, which is which we all know is excuse the French, but like just rubbish um, when you go and see some of those auctions and you see those players go for that kind of money, but are your actual like County cricketer, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. Like do well enough to not have to do another a job. Like they might've had to have done 20 years ago, but it's not like, it's not like, Oh, he's on a hundred grand a week. Like, like kind of Erling Haaland might be at Man City or whatever. It's not that kind of budget. They're not kind of they're not you don't hear stories about oh, well, it's gutted because North plane was grounded and they had to take a three hour bus journey to to go and play at well, Lancashire. Money United like,
0: fans, hope you're listening.
1: It, exactly. And then they got they got battered anyway. But it's a completely different world, isn't it? And and these guys like it would be a it will be a slow bus ride from like Canterbury to Sussex on a Friday night, finishing at what, ten thirty? Once you've then had a bit of a debrief and, and whatever kind of warm down like whatever you might end up having to do, you might leave the ground at what, eleven. Um, then on a good run from Canterbury to Hove, you're probably looking at two hours on a on a coach, maybe two and a half. Um so you're getting back at one o'clock in the morning. Then you're back up again at probably like nine at the latest, I guess you would have to be up for, to then get to the ground at what well, it's normally like three hours before kickoff, isn't it? I think most of the players turn up. So then you're talking about 11. So you don't really have any kind of turnaround time for that for that kind of thing. So, yeah, to reduce the fixtures and I think to provide a little bit more context about them, I think can only be a good thing.
0: Yeah, 100%. And that's what you've just kind of alluded to there, similar to an article I saw. Um, it was on the cricketer with the PCA chair, uh, James Harris, who obviously plays for Glamorgan. And he was yep. explaining like a weekend that they had in their schedule where they played in Cardiff on like a Friday night, then drove up to, or Thursday night, then traveled up to, no, they played in Cardiff on the Friday night, drove up to Durham of all places. Yeah. On the Saturday to start a four day game on the Sunday, play till Wednesday, stayed in Durham on the Wednesday, drove to Chelmsford from Durham on the Thursday to play in Chelmsford on the Friday night. Yeah. Finish late, drive to, Somerset I think it was or back to Cardiff on a Saturday to plan Sunday afternoon then drove to the oval on the Monday to play on the Tuesday like it's just bonkers like yeah. I think he was saying like it's not really any other sports the only other one I can possibly think of that would be like that would be the NBA yeah where yeah. they're obviously taking interstate flights and all things like that but they like you say they get paid the mega bucks to play in that league
1: yeah 100% These county
0: cricketers will will be getting paid a fraction mhm and be expected to perform at the same kind of level. Yeah, um, but yeah. I suppose like it's
1: whole... not. I suppose it's not hidden though, is it? It's not like a. It's not exactly kept a secret from like young aspiring cricketers that are coming up through the system. Like it's not like a, if you're good enough, like you're going to be sat in the car with your mum and dad whilst they drive you county to county to go and play for an under eleven game or something. So it's not. It's not a shock and it shouldn't become a shock when you do get to that level and you kind of go, oh, I wasn't expecting this. It'd be a bit like going through a teaching qualification, turn up for your first day at school and go, well, I don't really like kids. Like (laughs) it's that kind of thing. Like it's not like we there's only 18 places that you can play cricket in the country as a bloke. Um, Obviously, even less for yourself, Um, although obviously you kind of duplicate on those grounds and you end up kind of playing at those same 18 places anyway. So the, the valid the argument's still kind of there. But it's, it's like, I, I I have sympathy, but at the same time, it's kind of like, but you kind of knew what you were getting into. If that makes sense. Like you, you're not getting, unless you're going to go off into the IPL and then get paid big money, which fair enough, that, that could be a big goal for a lot of people, but you're probably not going to make that much more than, I don't know, maybe taking a trade up as being a sparky or being a, being a plumber or something like that. And actually then at that point there, you don't have to worry about all of the travel and you do get your evenings at home with your, with your mum and dad and, I don't know. I don't know. That That's another way to look at it, I suppose, which might make me sound really unsympathetic. And as a professional cricketer, you might be looking to spark me out right now. But <laughs> it's potentially a thought process that I think some people could turn around and say, well, I mean, there are other options.
0: No, it's definitely a valid argument. Like, There's always two sides to everything. And like you say, that the whole what cricket looks like when you're a youngster very much kind of beds you into the process of what it's like to be a professional. Like I remember getting... I was out, like, almost every night of the week, whether it was, especially in the summer, obviously, whether it's training, going to a fixture, taking a day off school to play in a county game, and then two games on the weekend, playing a Saturday and Sunday. Might have got a Saturday off sometimes. And in all through the winter, you've got your training at your different kind of... It could be at any of those 18 counties. It could be at any of the minor counties. Some people live miles away from their local hub i guess as it were. So the yeah. travel for them is even greater um and you do you just adapt and get used to it and you've you've still got school work to worry about or uni or whatever it is when you're in cricket from such a young age you do kind of just get used to it and because you love it so much most of your teammates are doing the same thing you're i guess there is kind of a sticking point whether you do keep pursuing it because you're good at it and you yeah. enjoy it or you're like, actually, do you know what? I'm just I'm actually gonna just play football because there's however many clubs around me, I can just go and buy a pair of boots, rock up on a Saturday, train a night in the week, off we go.
1: Yeah. But
0: yeah, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? You just have to manage it as best you can.
1: Yeah, and I suppose I suppose it, it could be considered still a little bit kind of vocational as a as a career. Like it's not it's it's not I suppose, like, are you like for you? Like, are you looking at your career, thinking, um, "Oh, well, I can kind of be in cricket now for the rest of my life, if that makes sense." Like, it's not you don't get to the end of a playing career as a like a professional footballer, and if you've done things right, you turn around and go, "Well, I don't really have to do anything again anyway." But like for a lot of cricketers, you're going to get to the end of a career and kind of go, "Well, I'm going to need to go and do something else. I'm going to need to fall back on that degree that I did whilst I was." Um, training up or whilst I was part of the MCCU or whatever it was called, that I don't think exists anymore. Um, you're going to have to think about those kind of options. So at that point there it is still a little bit of a vocational choice, isn't it? To kind of go, well, I am going to pursue this because potentially, potentially there could be less fun, but more successful ways of going through those kind of up to the age of 35, 40 years in your life to, to, to get to, to get to that stage. Not that there's a right or wrong way of, of doing life is there I mean you without sounding too morbid nobody wins at the end of it but it's it's that kind of it, it still could be considered a little bit vocational
0: yeah I think I agree and I guess unless you're probably in an internet oh, I don't know it's tricky unless you're an international in the women's game obviously the the way the franchise are going I guess only then could you draw parallels to if you're a, a male in the game and you you're an international and you could almost secure your future financially in that regard um certainly as like a regional or a county player you you probably can't do that um so you do have to have one eye on the future and what that looks like as you kind of transition out of the sport and I guess in for a lot of athletes unless you're at the very very top you have got to have something after because it ultimately it is a short career, 10 to 15 years, probably yeah. less than that. So, and yeah, obviously, a lot of people do stay in the sport, whether that's through coaching, umpiring, being like a manager or whatever. Um, there's, there's heaps of different prof- like professions within, like to stay part of the game. Um, but yeah, obviously, there's people, that's why the PCA is great because they help with that kind of personal development and and progress thinking ahead of, of what the future looks looks like whether that's setting up your own business or like you mentioned falling back on your degree and, and taking up the profession that that kind of falls into so you do definitely have to have an eye on the future and like you say because, because the natural kind of lifespan of an athlete is only 10-ish years on average I don't know yeah Um you do always have to be thinking of the future and what the rest of your life looks like, because mm. ultimately that's a bigger chunk of your life.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think you have fixed the T20 blast as well. I've got, so for this top three, uh, race to a hundred thing that quite frankly, you are absolutely smoking it at the moment. The score is 53 to 42 in your favor. Um, so you've got, you've got a a healthy lead. So I was kind of thinking on the train back today about what I could kind of do to keep it relevant slash also try and make sure that you don't really go anywhere with, with your point scoring. Um, not that I'm, I'm quite happy if you win completely fine, but might just be able to extend it a little bit longer. So what I was looking at, and this will become relevant when we come into my kind of conversation about how to kind of, or what my proposal is for world tournaments. And it's all about the champions trophy.
0: Brilliant.
1: Okay, see, and that's kind of the reaction that I was hoping for, because it's, in my eyes, almost utterly irrelevant. So I've got three options for you. And you can kind of pick which one you want. I'm not really too bothered, because I don't really think they're going to be that easy for you, full stop. But the one that I think is the easiest one that you might want to have a little dip at, and you you might just want to go, no, you know what, I'll test myself. But the, the first option would be the previous three winners of the Champions Trophy from 2017, 2013 and 2009. Or we've got the leading run scorers in Champions Trophy history or the leading wicket takers in Champions Trophy history. I can confirm that they will definitely be countries that you've heard of and these will definitely be batters and bowlers that you've heard of as well. So you can take your pick really, which one you want.
0: Excellent. Yeah, I can't say my knowledge on the Champions Trophy is up there. Because, like you say, you almost just forget that it's actually an ICC competition. <laughs> exactly. Didn't we host it once? We hosted one of those three, yeah, we last, did, yeah. three tournaments, didn't we? Yep. Yeah, I remember that. Um, oh, I reckon I'm going to have to take the first one. I'm taking the easy route because I still don't think I'll score any points. But... Okay.
1: okay, all right, fair enough. So race to 100 then, the last three... Um champions trophy winners and just to make it we will put the team furthest away from recent history at the five point mark if that makes sense okay so
0: 2007 or nine 2007 maybe 2009 13 17 2009 all right um okay i for some reason i feel like new zealand might have won one of these
1: okay well that's your first life dead um brilliant they didn't. Have they ever won it? They did actually. They won it in two thousand back when back when the Champions Trophy was cool. Um, had won every other year for eight years, I think. By the looks of it,
0: It's are so random. Like the last one was six years ago, and then we've got one next year, the year after. I don't know. Maybe, uh, I don't
1: know.
0: Surely Australia have won one.
1: Australia. So, Australia, they won the Champions Trophy in 2009, Joe. So, that is the five-point team. Um, So, congratulations.
0: Thank you. I'm glad I chose the easier one. Um, Okay. And my next one's going to be India. They must have won one.
1: Correct. India won the one in 2013. So, that is the three-point team.
0: And the final one, I'm going to say Pakistan.
1: Pakistan won the one in 2017. Yeah, so they won the one here as like the preliminary thing for the World Cup. So you got four points again. Many congratulations. If you're interested, the leading run scorer in Champions Trophy history is... Would you like to take a little guess?
0: I'm going to say... I'm going to just say Tendulkar.
1: Chris Gale, 791. And the leading wicket taker?
0: Um, Muralitharan.
1: Kyle Mills. With 28. So we're going to talk. My my kind of proposal for the um, for this world tournament ICC money making thing. Basically, I've got this. I've got this um, picture on my phone. I don't know whether you can see it. It's got like I don't think it'll come into focus, but it's got all of the trophies. So obviously, this year I don't know whether you remember, but we had a we had a World Cup. 2022, um, I don't know if you remember, but we had a World Cup. 2021, I don't know whether you remember, but we had a World Cup. 2020, we didn't because everybody had a cold. Um, But 2019, I don't know if you remember, but we had a World Cup. So good news is in 2024, we've got a World Cup. In 2025, we've got a Champions Trophy. In 2026, we've got a World Cup. In 2027, we've got a World Cup. In 2028, we've got a World Cup. In 2029, we've got a Champions Trophy. In 2030, we've got a World Cup. And good news, in 2031, guess what? We've got another World World Cup. Cup. Another World Cup, yeah. Um, Obviously, where they're spread around the world is fairly limited to countries that do actually play cricket. So the one next year is in Australia. It's not Australia, America and the West Indies, very close. They both begin with A. The Champions Trophy is in Pakistan, but we all know how that goes when Pakistan try and host a major tournament. India turns around and say, I don't want to go there, so they end up playing it in Dubai anyway. Um, 2026, the World Cup, the T20 World Cup is going to be in India and Sri Lanka. 2027, 50 over World Cup, South Africa, Zimbabwe, Namibia, I think, if my knowledge of flags is right. T20 World Cup, 2028, Australia, New Zealand. Champions Trophy, India, twenty nine. 2030 t20 world cup england ireland scotland and then the world cup in 2031 between india and bangladesh so there's a lot of people i've seen it's like oh well why are india they've hosted 2023 they're hosting 2026 they're hosting 2029 they're hosting 2031 but i think that is just really the the, the 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 kind of realization of the power that the BCCI kind of have at the moment and um at the end of the day, they've got the biggest market for it. They make the most about money, and ultimately, that's how this politics in sports work, isn't it? Um, and obviously, they can't really hold one in Uzbekistan because they don't really have the the, the domestic structure for it. Or maybe Saudi 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 could throw a load of money, that. At it. but maybe they don't care about cricket. Maybe it's not cool enough. I mean, who'd have thought it? Anyway, so there is quite a lot of cricket there. And here's my proposal on what we do with it. First of all, Champions Trophy, bin it. Never want to see it again. Completely pointless. Free up a couple of years in the calendar. Get rid of it. Like we, It just isn't needed at all. No one cares. It's a 50-over tournament played by the same team that play in a World Cup. Just get rid of it. If it never, ever happens again, no one's going to care. 50-over World Cup. 50-over World Cup. Now, this one could be quite unpopular, but every four years like a proper World Cup, like a football World Cup, so people can get excited for it. Ten best teams in the world. I don't care about about um, if Zimbabwe are there or merit. fantastic. I don't care about Qatar. I don't care about the UAE. I don't care about Papua New Guinea in the 50-over World Cup. Two groups of five. Just rattle through them two games a day. And we'll get it done in in probably three or four weeks rather than this like nine or 10 week tournament that we have to get on with it. We'll go somewhere like in, go England, India, Pakistan, wherever there's a load of t- stadiums, get on with it, get through it. T20 World Cup, every four years again. So it dovetails, you know, like the World Cup and the Euros or whatever, and you go two and two, and therefore people can get excited about it. 24 teams, six groups of four, three or four games a day, Like, again, get on with it to get it done in four weeks, have the final like within the same month as the the first game. And we'll have all of the different countries from around the world that are kind of developing and making cricket a bigger and better sport than what we've got right now. And then what I want to see instead of the Champions Trophy, and maybe I don't know where we find time for this exactly. But what I'd like to see is actually like a ICC T20 Club Champions League T20 Cup thing. Best two teams in the in each of the the big leagues so the hundred the IPR the PSL the big bash the best two teams I don't care I don't I don't care the fact that India are going to put six teams in there I'm not interested T- top two teams the two teams that play in the final go off and play have it in Abu Dhabi for all I care like it, it works out there doesn't it T20 cricket's quite good out there play it out there get on with it get it done in a couple of weeks and we'll end up having a Champions League winner instead of the Champions Trophy there's my plan
0: Solid. I can get on board with that. 100%. The only question I have is, when it comes to the Champions League teams, right? Now, as we mentioned earlier, it's a lot of the same players. I can imagine across the different leagues around the
1: world, (laughs) there
0: could be crossovers between the players,
1: right? That's a good point.
0: So can we add, like, I think we could add, like, an auction, if there's crossover between the players, mm. then the teams have to bid to keep that player. I, I like that
1: idea. I do like that idea, which basically means that they're going to go and play for the two IPL teams, which is completely fine. Could, could or you do it in fairer. a, could you do it in a, in a way where it's almost a, a kind of an opportunity to say it, you're, if you're dom- like domestic homegrown player, for example, um, they have to play for that domestic team, and then the other team then have to use that overseas player with a player that isn't going to be there in the tournament. If that makes sense,
0: yeah, yeah, okay, I agree with that.
1: Could that work? That's plausible. Yeah,
0: it would be cool to have something like that. Like, didn't they? What was that thing they tried in? Like, yeah, I
1: think they did it for a couple the of winner years, of yeah. the county
0: championship plays yeah. in Dubai, Abu Dhabi, in, like March against an MCC 11 yeah, well they,
1: so they had that but they did also actually have a Champions League they had about two years of a, of a Champions League where as I said where I made the point like there were about five IPL teams in there like five out of eight IPL teams five out of six IPL teams at the time they all qualified um, and then there was like one from Sri Lanka one from New Zealand two from England I think Somerset played in there one year um, but I can't remember exactly how long ago that would have been or, or where it was or anything like that. But I kind of feel like that's a way to to unify these franchise leagues that kind of feel quite separatist around the around the world, even though they're all kind of like Mumbai Indian owned. They, they I kind was of just feel- about to
0: say you'd have Mumbai Indians against.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, what's the what's the South African one?
1: Uh, cape, cape town. Yeah, mi cape town versus a- mi, like MI new town. york yeah. or something wouldn't you yeah <laughs> so I, yeah okay i can see i can see issues with this i can see issues with this and maybe that's a bit more of a pie in the sky type thing but we don't need we don't need a major world tournament every single year and because of the way that geography works and the way climate works around the world potentially we're only like six months away from like another icc tournament and at that point then nothing feels special anymore Nothing feels like a big deal. You don't get, you don't get excited. I got excited for 2019 because it was in the UK and there was a great chance that we were going to go on and win it, which we did just about. Um, but you don't get excited by it because it's just like, oh, all right, yeah, there's another one. Great, okay, fantastic. We'll, we'll go again then. Like 2021, there was a T20 World Cup. 2022, there was a T20 World Cup. It, it isn't needed.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like scarcity drives excitement, as you say. The Olympics is held every four years. Every single time the Olympics comes around, I am buzzing. And I know the other yeah. Commonwealth Games dovetails a bit like the Euros and the World Cup.
1: And, but... and they're all sports that no one care about. Exactly. No exactly. one's going to watch, like, championship water polo, are they? Like, at the Surrey swimming pool. And no no one really turns up at, at, at like to watch... Um, what's archery like nobody really watches that as a spectator sport yet every four years because it's special it's like oh my word i love archery like curling's the greatest sport in the world but no no bugger turns up to watch it like when it's just a normal kind of saturday league game
0: it's very very true very true yeah there is definitely oh, just, there's no need for the champions trophy pointless and as you say you got a this is this is why the whole cricket burnout thing happens because there's not there's too much, so people don't actually get excited about the things that matter. Like you say, yeah. like you want people to be like, oh yes, buzzing for the World Cup, like real good marketing campaign behind it. But when they're at, when it is so saturated and you have got so many competitions, it's hard to do that and. How can you best attract new spectators into the sport or whatever? I don't know. I don't have the answers, but it just becomes a
1: bit dull. You've got to make it exciting. You've got to make it an event. You've got to make it an occasion. And, okay, they, they do get kind of like like dance around a few different countries through that next eight-year period or whatever. But a bit like what you said at the start of this very podcast when we when we mentioned about England playing the West Indies. I think between two of us, apart from the odd highlight, I don't think we've watched a single delivery live and appreciate doing other things. And, and people, some, somebody could turn and go, wow, you're not proper cricket fans if you haven't watched the, but again, it's like, it's just like, well, I'll probably put it on if it's, but it'll be on in the background for like an hour and then I'll turn the TV off and go off and do something else because I've just watched a load of England ODI cricket like last week. Um, and I probably don't, like, regardless of whether it's going well or not, um, and I probably don't need to watch it again. And that's kind of how it feels. And then there's, is there five T20s, I think, in the build-up to Christmas as well? Um, I think it's three ODIs and five T20s in yeah, the Caribbean, I right. which I mean, I've got more chance of watching one of the T20s. But again, I think it's pretty unlikely I'm going to sit there for the duration of a T20 game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I guess
0: it's a bit similar to that series, well, those couple of series that we had over here at the end of the summer, which was meant to obviously build into the World Cup. And then, I mean, it doesn't help that they didn't perform very well in the World Cup, did they? So, <laughs> which is probably going to put people off the scent a little bit more. But as you say, also because of sport does take up a lot of time, that's also a real big investment for a fan as well. Yeah. So they want to, they want it to be special, as you say. They want to... They want it to be a unique kind of experience that they're you're going to leave them coming back for more kind of thing and they can get fully invested in or whatever. But yeah, who knows? We've tripped out a few proposals. I mean, I'll be willing to hear if anyone else has got any other things or to knock us back and tell us that we're chatting absolute nonsense.
1: Yeah. Or if the ICC want to get in contact, then, <laughs> then, then you can do. And yeah. Um... Then, then yeah, we can have a we can have a proper civilized conversation about it. Um, just just don't cancel it all yet, please, because <laughs> it kind of needs something to do. But yeah, Joe, um, thanks again. Unless you've got anything else you want to have a chat about, call it a day for for a week and um, gather the thoughts and and go again. Go again next week because unlike a T20 World Cup, we have, you actually have to wait wait a few days for another one of these. Don't you? Don't just get another one tomorrow.
0: Absolutely right. I think that's eighteen we've done now, Dan.
1: I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. Too good. Quarter of a century is like on the horizon.
0: <laughs> is that like a quarter bat race?
1: I think so. Yeah. I think it's the kind of the thing that a club cricketer would get quite excited about.
0: Yeah, I thought as much.
1: Yeah. Obviously, I appreciate a big dog like you probably ain't going to be that bothered about a twenty-five red, but for for some clubby somewhere like that's going to be it's going to be it's, no. To be fair, I think thirties like the thirties. The if if you if you look good for thirty, I think you've done all right. Um, to be fair, that I don't 30. think
0: I score more than 30, so <laughs> I should probably raise that bat <laughs> as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, well, on that, we'll, we'll call it a day.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.